so last week, we kind of issued this challenge that we want to continue to count your blessings. Uh, you know, about a month from now, we'll sit around a table, many of us, and someone at our table might say, let's all go around and say one thing we're thankful for. Um, and then in one year in my family, they quickly moved to let's all share three things we want for Christmas. We lost over the gratitude to the gimme kind of piece. So, so we don't want to run, run past it too quick. There's value to being aware of how much God has given us. So we're challenging you to count your blessings. Not so you know much, how much you have, but for this reason, when you count your blessings, you remember that you can always count on God, that he's got a track record of faithfulness. So that challenge is out there, but this word blessings... It's an interesting word. Bless, blessed, blessings. What exactly does it mean? About a year and a half ago, I I think I was actually even doing a sermon, and I I didn't even plan on it, but like in the middle of the sermon, I just said, it had the word blessed in it. I was like, I don't think we fully understand what that means, and I can't speak for you. I'm speaking for me. Because sometimes I'll use it, but I mean it for like gratitude. I'm really grateful. But I think it's more than that. I think it's something different. I think it's frequently used, frequently misunderstood, often misused. But it seems like it's something God wants for us, and I don't want to miss it. But what exactly is it? This word bless, blessed, or blessing. It's used a lot in the Bible. The Bible's not one book. It's 66 books written over uh, hundreds of years. There's the Old Testament, which is kind of the Hebrew Scriptures. Then there's the New Testament, Jesus in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his story, and then Acts, the early church, and then the letters that the first followers of Jesus wrote to say, this is what it looks like to follow Jesus. And it's all in there. Then Revelation, and from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation, the word blessed is in there in almost every book. It's rich and varied in its meaning. Sometimes it's complicated in its meaning. Sometimes it's very clear. Sometimes it's not. It's the Bible's written, typically the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures is written in Hebrew, though there's some Aramaic, and the New Testament's typically written in Greek. And in all three languages, there's the word used that means blessed, blessed, or blessings. Four times in a Hebrew, variations in a Hebrew word, seven in a Greek word, one in an Aramaic. It's used as a noun, a verb, an adjective. It's in there a lot. So what does it mean? Like, typically if I'm hashtagging blessed on a photo, I'm probably on a beach. There's probably a palm tree involved. Yeah, right? Or, you know, hey, we, I got the scholarship, or somehow I got an A, or, or, you know, my family, look at my family, or we count our blessings and we say hashtag blessed, but what does that mean? Because sometimes when it's used, it's kind of uncomfortable. If you have your Bible, turn to Genesis chapter 12. Again, Genesis is the first book in the Old Testament, first book in the Bible, so start at the left if you're, it's a physical Bible, most of it's electronic, so you can just kind of pick the book you want, but... The very beginning. There's this guy named Abram whose name will become Abraham, and God has a significant conversation with him about a relationship he wants that involves this idea of bless, blessed, and blessing. And in Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4, it says this The Lord had said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. Right away, God's asking him to do something uncomfortable, to leave really everything he knows. You could say, hey, Abraham, change of plans. How do you do when there's a change of plans? How do you do when you're at the airport and your flight's canceled? Or you've got something planned and all of a sudden parents say, change of plans. 
You show up to work, you're expecting, hey, I think it's going to be a light afternoon. Change of plans and something finds itself on your desk. Suddenly, everything Abram had planned got changed. And he said, I don't want you to stay this place you know and these people you know. I want you to go somewhere. Okay, great, I'm willing to do that. Where are we going? I'll show you later. Oh, that always goes great Goes great when there's a change of plans. Change of plans, well, what is it? Uh, we're going to go to a little place called You'll See. Just trust me. Just trust me. But, but see, this is what God does. He changes plans, sometimes intentionally in our lives, because what he's trying to do in your life is build trust. The question you can always assume that God is asking you is, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough to leave your country, your people, and your father's household, the land, everything you have to land I'm going to show you later? Where are we going? I'm not going to tell you yet. Just trust me. Then he makes him this promise. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. There's the word. The Hebrew, it's the word Barak. I will make your name great. And you'll be a blessing. And all those things, you can see evidence that he did it. They became a great nation. Israel, uh, his name is great. Have you ever heard of the name Abraham before today? Raise your hand. A lot of us have. His name was great. And you will be a blessing. And this is kind of what we're doing with these giving initiatives. While we did last week talked about our generous God is a lot of times what God does is he does bless us. He is generous with us, but it's not just for us. We're not cul-de-sacs where he just kind of comes in and we hold on to it. We're blessed to be a blessing. And he says, Abraham, that's what you're going to be. And he goes on to say this. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Basically, I've got your back. I'm going to make sure the promise is fulfilled. Do you trust me? And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. If you took a list of all the people who've ever lived on our planet, are you one of them? You are, right? You're a people? All people? He's talking about you. Abraham's blessing, this promise that was made, includes you. And at this point, he has no idea how any of this is going to happen. It's not even punched into the GPS yet because he doesn't know where they're going. He's having to ride shotgun or maybe in the back seat or just follow. He's not sure where they're going, but he goes, I'll go. So Abram went. As the Lord had told him, and here's what I want you to know about whatever God asks you to do something or go somewhere or take a step. He may not always tell you what the step is, but it's always in your best interest. It's to your advantage to take that step. Do you trust him? Because every day what God is trying to do in your life is build trust between you and he. Every day. The question he's always asking is, do you trust me? And if you say yes, he'll probably say, great. Would you change plans a little? Well, throughout the Bible, this word bless, blessed, and blessing comes up again and again and again. And if I were Abraham, I'm not sure. I mean, it all sounds great, but I'm not sure how it's going to play out. I'm not sure if I want to be part of this deal. He did. And then... Years later, Jesus would stand and give this most famous sermon because it's the longest recorded sermon Jesus gave. It's in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you have your Bible, you can turn there. If not, I'll share it with you. And in Matthew 5, he gives this thing called the Beatitudes. And we think it's kind, of, it's kind of the attitude you should have, like have this kind of attitude, Beatitude. Actually, it comes from a Latin term and has nothing to do with kind of attitude. It, it does, it's your perspective and outlook, but really it means something kind of different. 
But he uses this word blessed over and over and over and over again. Nine times. And he says blessed. And I guarantee you, if you're hashtagging a picture blessed, it's not with one of these things. Listen to what Jesus says. about This is what blessed means. This is who is blessed and what it looks like. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Well, that doesn't sound fun. I don't want to be poor in anything. Yeah, you do. Because for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn. If you've lost something, I don't want to be that person. I've never thought, hey, remember that time we were mourning? That was awesome. I don't want to be that. And he says, no, yeah, you do, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek. Meek can mean humble. Most people don't aspire to meekness or humbleness. We want to be in control. We want to be, have influence. For they will inherit the earth. He goes, yeah, you do. Verse 6, it says this. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And if you're hungering and thirsting for something, you're not satisfied. You're not satisfied with righteousness or rightness. He goes, yeah, you do want to be that. Because you will be filled. Blessed are the merciful. None of us aspire to be merciful because usually that means someone has to show mercy that we don't want to show mercy to. I don't want to do that. I like to give mercy, but I don't want to have a reason to do it. Yeah, you do, for they will be shown mercy. And blessed are the pure in heart. Well, I want to be that, but I know me. I am not pure in heart. So right now I'm thinking, well, this isn't me. That's who you want to be because that's who's going to see God. Do you want to see God? Yeah. Pure in heart, see God. Okay, now I have a problem. In verse 9, it says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. I don't want to be a peacemaker because that means there's conflict either with me and somebody else or someone around me, and I've got to step in the middle of that. Have you ever wanted to step in the middle of a fight and go, this is going to be fun? Hard conversations are hard. Conflict is unsettling. I don't want to be a peacemaker. Yeah, you do, because they'll be called children of God. You're most like your heavenly father when forgiveness is being brokered. And then there's this one. Blessed are the persecuted because of righteousness. I don't want to be persecuted. I want to be liked. Everyone go, you're a great person. Not, I don't like what you believe in, so I don't like you. And I'm going to do something to express that to you. I don't want to be that person. Yes, you do. For yours is the kingdom of heaven. And he lists off all these words. And again, look at this list all together. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, and the persecuted. Nobody sets up a day saying, that's my to-do list. That's not hashtag blessed. It's sure not hashtag goals. That's not what I want. Yeah, you do. Because when Jesus says, if you really want to know who God blesses, it's this Greek word, makarios. It's where we get the word macarena. I'm just kidding. We don't. It's, I don't. We don't get it from there. We don't. I think that's somewhere else in the back we get that word from. But it's an adjective. It's used 50 times in the New Testament. Nine of them are right here. Where Jesus says, let me explain to you how different the world is than you think. Let me explain to you how different the world operates than it's currently operating. It's different. And if you want blessed, and basically what it means is, and by the way, none of these 50 are tied to materials 
uh, material prosperity. It's not. There's some other words that are occasionally, but it's not near what you think. It really means, it's, and sometimes one translation takes blessed are the poor in spirit, and it says happy are the poor in spirit. That's not a good translation either. It's really not honoring the word. And again, the words Jesus spoke, I mean, it was written in Greek. So we had to translate it to English and say, what exactly is he saying? It means to be fully satisfied. It means to receive God's favor. It means to be singularly favored and graciously approved by God. Well, okay, now I'm interested in that. Yeah, happiness sounds good, but this sounds even better. To be favored by God. To be fully satisfied. So if that's what you want, you have to be poor in spirit. You have to realize that spiritually, there's a deficit. If you're poor, you're bankrupt financially, we get what that looks like. That's who you are spiritually. Do you know who that's who you are? Do Do you understand that there's something worth mourning in your life and Primarily, it's a loss. There was a relationship we had with God back in Genesis where we were highly favored and we had a trust relationship with God where we trusted what he said and it's on page two, it's broken. We were out in the garden with Adam and Eve and if they hadn't done it, I would have. Let's be honest, we would have. It's hard for us to trust God and say, change of plans is okay with me, I trust you. But we mourn over the condition of our lives and to be meek and I always think about this, I've always thought about meek as how I relate to people. I wonder if this is really talking about how we relate to God. A humbleness, there's a God and it's not me. I'll let God be God and I'll be his follower. I'll be his son or daughter. To hunger and thirst for righteousness means I don't have it in me, I need it. To be merciful means the mercy that God shows me, I'm in need of mercy and I need to be a conduit of that. To be pure in heart, I need somebody who can actually settle the accounts and give me a pure heart, a peacemaker. I need peace with God and peace with others and then persecuted. I'm going to stand out and stand up for what I believe even if it is not to my advantage. And actually the word blessed, my favorite translation of it, favorite translation of the word blessed is it is to your advantage. It's to your advantage to be merciful. It's to your advantage Listen to this. It's to your advantage to be poor in spirit. To admit, I'm bankrupt. You ever seen that episode of The Office where Michael Scott declares bankruptcy? <laughs> like he realizes he doesn't have any money and he stops and he goes, he just in the office, he's with the accountant and he's looking at it, he just stops and he goes, I declare bankruptcy! And he's like, I don't think that's how it works. But actually it starts there. You have to admit that you're spiritually bankrupt. That's where a relationship with God starts. Actually, Kyle Eidelman has a book about the Beatitudes called The End of Me. It's a great book. I kind of just scanned it this week and was getting at some of the high points. And one of his statements is, at the end of me, when I realize I'm done, at the end of me is where I find real life in him. There's a value to just raising a white flag and saying, I'm bankrupt. I, I don't have a pure heart. These statements that we don't seem to want, it doesn't seem like it's to our advantage, but Jesus says, this isn't how the world operates and this isn't how you think about this, but it's to your advantage to figure out what these mean of how it relates to me and to others. That's who you need to be. 
These blessing statements, really, they're channels for which the blessing of God, the favor of God occurs. And it's always, from Genesis to the beginning, it's almost always the context of a relationship between two people. Abraham and God had a relationship. And there was some, here's what I need you to do, and you'll be blessed if you do it, and here's what I'm going to do. It was always the context of a relationship between two parties. And usually it involves present blessing and future. So I have to be willing to do it not knowing if it's actually going to happen or how it's going to happen or when it's going to happen. And it's usually tied to someone, again, relationship, more than something. But when I say blessed, it's usually because of something that's around me, a palm tree or sand, or there's more dollars in my bank account than I thought I would have, hashtag blessed. Or it's, man, I've got a great family, hashtag blessed. But really, if people saw my real family, not my Facebook family, it would have different hashtags, right? Like, uh, you know, thank the Lord we're not a reality show. Nobody wants to see that, but kind of everybody does, right? So, <laughs> blessing is almost, tied to, almost always tied to someone more than something, and it's tied to God. It's this trust relationship with him. It's trusting God no matter what. And here's why you need to know what blessed means. Because the minute no matter what happens, you need to remember you can trust God no matter what, because no matter what's not a fun place to be. No matter what means I've got something to mourn, I've got mercy to express, I'm being persecuted, or I realize, man, I don't have the righteousness in me to live the life God's calling me to live. Without his help, I don't have hope. The struggle for you living a blessed life is your willingness to say, I cannot do it. Great, God can start doing it. You're now at a place where God can show up and work. Every day, God is in your life trying to communicate, you can trust me. He's trying to build your faith and he's actually asking, do you trust me? Do you trust me enough to hold your life with an open hand? To, to hear when I say, change of plans with your relationship, with your work, with your school, with your family. And these first eight statements are all made about the person, this general person that God blesses. But then Jesus in this sermon gets really, really specific, and he probably is looking at his 12 disciples. So much so that they're probably uncomfortable as he's looking them in the eye. He's not scanning the crowd anymore. He's looking them in the eye, and he says this, Blessed are you, Matthew, who would write this down, this sermon down later. Blessed are you, John, who would write the Gospel of John, and God would give the the book of Revelation as this revelation of what's to come. By the way, that's the only book in the Bible, Revelation. It says you'll be blessed if you read it aloud. When I read Revelation, usually I don't understand it. But for some reason, God says you'll be blessed if you do. Probably because so much about the future is what we stress stress out about, and so much about the future is where God says that really blessing is fulfilled in the future, and it's good to know how the story ends. The book, these 66 books, is one story. It's the story of God from the beginning to the end. And he says, at the end, it works out. I keep my promises. And so you can trust me no matter what. So when no matter what happens, you need to remember there's more to the story. Keep going. Blessed are you, John and Matthew and Peter and all these. He's blessed are you when people insult you. Do you feel blessed when people are insulting you? Persecuting you? Or falsely lying, say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Now, he's not saying just, if someone calls you something because that's who you are, or because of what you did, if they call out right behavior, he's not talking about that. He's not even saying if somebody's speaking against you falsely 
because they don't believe the best about you. It's really, he says, if you're aligning with me and they're persecuting you because of that, because you're following me and you're faithful following me, if someone's making fun of you, insulting, lying, anything or doing something physical, which is a reality for many people in our world, not in our country usually, but elsewhere, he goes, when that happens, that you're blessed. Blessed are you specifically now, almost telling them that one day this is going to happen to you. And for every one of them, it did. All of them died a martyr's death. They were killed because of their faith. Except John, who they who have the book of Revelation, he's boiled alive and he lives through it. So they go, well, let's stick him on an island and let him just die out in his old age. And he was, you know, crispy to extra crispy. He was well done. Like, he was probably never the same physically. And God said, if you live through that and you're still here, you're, you were thinking maybe you're just one flick of the match. Did they have matches then? You're one light of the fire away from being to all this stuff that, that you're going to experience that I promised one day in heaven. And he lives through it, and he's like, are you kidding me? And they stick him on an island, and God says, I just want to give you a glimpse that I've never given anyone before what the end looks like, John. And he's stuck on this island of Patmos, and He's telling them, this is going to happen to you guys. He goes, but when it does, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. There's part of the blessing that God promises that does not happen in this lifetime. We like it in this lifetime. I like the lump sum payment up front. Don't pay it out over a lifetime, even if it's more money. I want the blessing now. So when no matter what happens... And I forget I can trust God no matter what. And no matter what happens, I think I'm not blessed. I think God's left. When the majority of the time he says, when that stuff is happening, where you think I'm not there, that's actually the place where I show up the most. That's the blessing. That's the place to be. And if trying to convince us to give up control of our lives wasn't a big enough struggle, and now you're saying we have to do that, and it's going to be a rough ride to get to the destination... I think I'd rather just drive on my own. We tap out. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It happened that way to them. He goes, you have an example of this. Blessed are the persecuted. Does does that count as blessing? Jesus would say, yeah. It's actually probably more special and significant than some of the others. Things you're thinking of about blessing. So why would Jesus give this list? What are the... What are the options here? A lot of people think he's showing, if you want to know what a follower of Jesus looks like, these are the core values. This is the operating procedure of the kingdom of God. This is what it looks like. I think for me, what he does is he helps me understand the perspective I come into life with is very different than his perspective. He says, you think blessed is a big bank account and you get into the college you want and the family is the Facebook family matches the real life family and like everything's green lights all the way and free Wi-Fi and like free refills, like, like that's hashtag blessed, like palm trees and sand. No, 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 no. The kingdom of God operates very differently. And in case you don't know what that looks like, Jesus says, okay, just follow me and watch how I handle life and watch how I handle death and watch, this, this is what it means to be blessed. This is what it means to keep going. Because everything that happens in life, we're looking at through a worldview, a lens. And everything that happens in every relationship, we're looking at it going, what's happening here? And what Jesus is saying, I want to give you a different set of lenses to look through life through. 
Because typically we look at God through the lens of our circumstances. He goes, no, look through your circumstances through the lens of God and his truth. This, use these as your lenses. It's a worldview. Because, and let's be honest, for me in my life, if life is good, I'm not sure I seek God more. But when life is challenging, I seek him with a little more passion, a little more intentionality. It's almost as if God says, hey, to us have a deep relationship where you trust me, we can't stay in the shallow end of the pool. Matter of fact, we can't even be in the pool. We got to go out on the rough water. So you can understand that I'm with you and I can be trusted. And if you're in the pool, you're kind of playing by yourself. You're not engaging me. I love this description of blessed. And again, if this is the list that, that blessed describes, it is to your advantage to be poor in spirit, to mourn, to be meek, to hunger and thirst for rightness, righteousness, right standing with God, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to be a peacemaker. And it's even blessed when you're persecuted. Blessed could really be considered anything that God gives that makes us fully satisfied in him, regardless of the circumstances. Anything that draws us closer to Jesus. See, from the very beginning, you were created for a relationship with God. And when that trust is broken and that relationship doesn't exist, everything God's trying to do is to get you back to your created purpose. And actually, when you look at that list, I have, it shows my need for him because I look at that list and I go, that's not me. But you know who that list is? That's Jesus. And you read the rest of the Gospel of Matthew, and I think what Matthew says is, Jesus lives all of these out. He makes himself nothing. He makes himself take, he walks in our shoes and our skin to live life by our rules and experience death by our rules. Like, he puts himself, he makes himself poor in spirit. Paul says in Philippians 2 that he, he releases his grasp on his responsibility and privilege of being the God of the universe to take on the form of a man. He mourns. How many times does he stand before a crowd and his heart breaks? Because he sees like they're harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, which could describe our, our, our world as well. He becomes meek. He's not coming in powering over people. Do you know who I am? We're not Jesus' first words after he was born. We don't know what his first words were, but I'm sure it wasn't that. Hungering and thirst for righteousness. He lived every day saying, I do exactly what my heavenly father says. Merciful. How many times does Jesus express mercy to people who apparently do not deserve it? Pure in heart, that's Jesus. Peacemaker between us and God and us and each other. That's his, he does that. Persecuted, he's, he's persecuted and goes to death on the cross to make possible all of this so you could be rich in spirit. So all the things that come after this where it says, blessed are the, the, the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. He becomes that so you can experience the second half of those verses. So you can experience the kingdom of God. He becomes someone who mourns so you can be comforted. He becomes someone who's meek so you can inherit the earth. He, becomes, he hungers and thirsts for righteousness so you can be filled. He does all this for us. And why there are days when I look at him and go, ah, I'm not sure I want to change the plans. I'm not sure I trust you to take me to the place I want to go in life. That list is Jesus. That list is 
the promise fulfilled in Genesis 12. When God said to Abraham, all people will be blessed through you, it's through Abraham's family tree that the Messiah shows up and Jesus shows up, where God chooses somebody to make sure Abraham's represented there, and now it's the person of Jesus who says, here's the promise fulfilled. Who's in? It's offered to everybody. See, so many times in our think in our life, what we try to do is seek the blessing. I want to live a blessed life, and I think I know what it means, but uh, I don't think I do. And I'm wanting these things that I think will mean a blessed life. God's really blessing me. Hey, I'm really blessed. Look at, look at this. I'm really blessed. And all the things I'm saying, I think God's going, I've got something more for you than that. I appreciate your gratitude, but I think this is something different. And I think the big idea of, I wrestled this for a year and a half. I'm a slow learner. And I wrestled with this for a year and a half before we, I was like, I don't want to do this until I think I've got, figure out what it means for me and then we can toss it and you can figure out what it means for you. But I, I really think what he's saying is later in his Sermon on the Mount when he talks about all these things, he says, look, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, seek that first. And all these things will be given to you as well. Or to say it another way, don't seek the blessing, seek the blesser. You're seeking the stuff that God says he wants to provide, but if you seek him first, it'll all take care of itself and actually be more than you could ask or imagine. If you're his kid and he gave his son for you, you're going to get all the stuff that goes with it. Don't seek the blessing. Seek the blesser. Seek the one who blesses. And seek the one who is truly blessed, which is Jesus. If you want to live a life that's blessed, seek Jesus every day in every possible way. Change of plans, that usually means for us. My script that I'm playing out for what I want for my life might look different. And I think God would say, yeah, and it's going to be better. It just won't feel like it at the time. And that's where most of us tap out. I see what's happening to me, what people are saying about me, people that I don't want to show mercy to, and I I feel like I'm in over my head spiritually, and all these things that the Sermon on the Mount lists out and these beatitudes of blessed are, blessed are, it's to your advantage to be, it's to your advantage to be. And I go, that's not what I'm experiencing. That's not what I want. I want something different. And so this, these two words have meant a lot to me the past couple of weeks, and I think they're important. One, in Hebrews eleven six, Jesus makes this promise that he says, without faith it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Like, that's what he says, by faith. Again, he's trying to build that in your life. Seek him, and he says, I will reward you. And we usually think dollar signs and a lack of problems, but he says, ah, it's, not, it's not quite that way. It looks a little different. That's why there's verses like this when it says this in uh, uh, James chapter 5. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Jesus said that to the disciples. James was actually there. James was the brother of Jesus. A lot of people don't think he was really a disciple. He wasn't a disciple at this time. James, the brother of Jesus. Like, he saw him in his teenage years and was still convinced, my brother is the son of God. And he says, I remember when he said that at the Sermon on the Mount, we were persecuted. because it's just like the prophets of old. He goes, use them as an example who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, 
We count as blessed, makarios. It's the same word, blessed. Those who have persevered, kept going. The reason you know what, what, what's blessed and what isn't, what is and what isn't, what it looks like, is because you're going to have these lenses on and you're looking at it and go, right now bad things are happening, I want to tap out. This is what the people at that time were doing. If you had money, you had health, if you had success, God loved you. If you didn't, he didn't love you. So Jesus shows up and just wrecks everybody's paradigm. He says, I'm going to change the way we view the world. This is different. Hebrews, it says this. Patient endurance. This, this phrase, this word that translates into this phrase is in the Bible a lot. This is necessary for the journey in life because you're not going to want to keep going. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Change of plans. God has a plan. Then, when you do God's plan, you will receive all that he has promised. Do you trust me? Because it's not now, it's later. And he's with you along the way, but the thing, what he would say is, don't seek the blessing. And the more you learn about what kind of blessed is, you're like, I don't think I want to seek that. I don't want to seek persecution. I don't want to seek having to be merciful. But this patient endurance, it's idea, this is what's honored. This is what's blessed. This is what's required in your journey as a follower of Jesus. And again, it is to your advantage. Here's the list. To be poor in spirit, to mourn, to be meek, humble, to hunger and thirst for righteousness that only God can give through Jesus, to be merciful as your heavenly Father has been merciful to you, to be pure in heart that can only be made possible basically through a heart transplant where the heart of Jesus is placed in you by faith when you receive that. Because I know my heart. It's not pure. But because of Jesus, it can be. To be a peacemaker. And sometimes to be persecuted. Jesus says, that's what's blessed. Is that really what you want for your life? Now, if we were wanting to do a series on blessed, we could have made it look a lot different and said, hey, if you do this, God will do this, and it means more dollars, more favor, more dates, whatever it is you want. Like, good stuff happens if you do good stuff. That's karma. That's not blessing. That's karma. And I'm glad the world doesn't operate on karma because I don't want what I deserve. I want what only Jesus can give and is willing to give it precisely because I don't deserve it. And the, as soon as I understand I don't deserve it, God says, now we can get somewhere. Because I want to give it generously. I want to be merciful. I want to be a peacemaker between you and God. I want to give you a pure heart. I want to be merciful to you. Do you truly believe it's to your advantage to be a child of God? And all that goes along with it, which sometimes is a change of plans no matter what type of day, do you believe he's faithful and he'll keep his promises? Do you believe it enough that tomorrow your number one priority is to seek first his kingdom, his loving rule of your life, and to say, I don't even know, I don't even want to have plans to change. God, what do you have planned for me today? What do you want for my family, my career, my marriage, my parenting, my, my relationship with my siblings? Like, what do you want at school, at work, on the team? What do you want with my finances, with my, my, my every, what do you want with my thought life? God, 
Rather than ask me to change my plans, what are your plans? I want to live life your way. One of the best ways to do that in this reading plan as we go through blessed, it's in the Bible a lot. I couldn't have you read all the verses that involve blessed. It would just take a long time. So we're having you spend time in the book of Psalms. One Psalm every day, and it has something about the word blessed, bless, or blessing, or it's in there. Just read that. I challenge you for some extra credit. And again, we believe when you do that, you put God's truth in your life, it gives you a better perspective. In the book of Psalms, it's right in the middle of your Bible. You can't find it. If you have an electronic Bible, you can just push on the book of Psalms. It's in the Old Testament. These were people's prayers. Sometimes they're journals, where they're complaining, actually, or praising God. And they're using this idea of blessing. But I want to give you an extra credit assignment. If, if you really want to, spend some time reading Matthew's five, six, chapters 5, 6, and 7. Or just focus on Matthew 5, verses 3 through 11, or 12, like we read today. And just keep asking God, if this is the life that's blessed, what does that look like for me in my world? What does it look like to receive your mercy and to give your mercy to others? What does it look like for me to be pure in heart? What do I, what do I need to receive from you to do that? How do I need to live differently because of it? But I encourage you to spend time that way because what I want for you is to live a blessed life. I just think sometimes I'm not sure if we're ready for that. But I think God is ready for us to come to the end of ourselves so life as he designed us to experience can truly begin. Let's stand for closing prayer. We'll keep talking about this subject next week and and, uh, we'll talk about a very practical way that you actually step into doing something. God says, if you do this, you'll be blessed. We're going to talk about what that looks like. Heavenly Father, thanks that you love us enough to, to be honest. You, you don't try and, you don't take the approach of a salesman trying to, to sell us on life with you. We see the benefits, but you also make it very clear we live in a fallen and broken world. And in the middle of that, we're going to find ourselves in some places that we look at and we think, I'm not blessed in this moment, but you say, yeah, you are. Because I'm with you and I'm for you. I gave my life for you and I want to give my life to you and I want you to experience something that you can't get to on your own. You gave us the simple way of stepping into a blessed life, which is by faith in a relationship with you and following you, which sometimes involves a change of plans. Father, for those who are in the middle of that right now, where they know there's a step, there's a change of plans, there's a, something you're asking them to do that it's scary Are they in a place where they're experiencing something that definitely doesn't feel like a blessing? God, thanks that you speak into those moments truthfully. And you say, I've got something great for you. And it starts with letting us have you be someone great to us. God, I pray this week we would seek you, not for what you can do for us, but for who you are to us. That you're willing to adopt us into your family. And when we're a child of God, we're truly blessed and we're grateful. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for being here. If you'd like to talk, I'll be down at the front. I've been a sinner, I've been a saint, a little bit.